She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the book besties. <laughs> I'm going to need you to take a gummy before you come on pod. It's redundant and ridiculous. You're saying all things I agree with. I want to question your sanity if this is your favorite John Green book. If I get the quarterback, I win. Where's your meds, baby? Shake them. (laughs) You know, your face looks pretty good for someone that just had to deal with Tom and I for the last 30 minutes. I have the headache I was talking about right here that you both give me right there. Right there. I bet it's like this the size of a silver dollar though right now man it's like not good i'm not gonna <laughs> lie uh we were for all of you listening we were planning our con because Woo! we are going to be at annapolis book festival in april for their 20th anniversary yes it's their 20th anniversary and um it's so a fucking big deal, guys the uh it's- panels are being moderated by c-span <laughs> There is three Pulitzer Prize winners, two Reese Witherspoon book club members, and one of their new speakers just won one of the big library awards. Yes. It was an ALA award, and I can't remember which one. CC. Um, Hmm? CC something. No, I mean which award. Oh. As a librarian, I I follow the (laughs) ALA award. I was like, do you mean which author? It's Cece, I think. (laughs) Or Addison. I don't know. Um, It's one of the young ones that have the cute names. Yeah. So we are going to be interviewing some of the authors that are going to be there. We'll be both live streaming and Mm -hmm. filming so that we'll uh, have an episode that will appear later in this season. Um, TBD on that date because I'm handing the reins over to Molly and Tom. And, and that tasted like lemon juice in her mouth. <laughs> I'm going to try really hard to be less type A and controlling and let them do it. We have this. I'll let you know next week how that went. <laughs> Especially since next week we have a guest. We have a guest. We have your friend Hillary who is in Ireland. and we are Hillary reading, in Ireland. Yes, and we're reading a <laughs> book set in Ireland. And I learned today that Ireland is not part of the UK. I don't even want to talk about it, man. We'll talk like, more about that next week. Without Hillary, who's in Ireland. In Ireland. Um, you know, my daughter had her book club meeting with her, her daughter over there because the three little besties still talk and text yeah. like our mom group does. Yeah. And my friend Amy texts our little mom group and she goes, I walked in on the girls in their book club and all they're doing is giving Courtney a hard time for having an accent. And Courtney hung up on them because she swears she doesn't have an accent. Um, Are the baby besties still doing a thing with? They all kind of just went. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, they okay, so when school anyway, um, you want to talk about what we're talking about this week? Yes, please. All right. So this it's week been a long we are. Day. Let's do it. John Green every season till he comes on the pod. John Green every season reading, till he's on. And we read are reading this book. We're just talking about this book. We already read it. Um, <laughs> An Abundance of Catherine's by John Green. And this was actually his second book that he wrote. And it won a Prince Award, which is another CLA award. And Why um, is it all the books that win awards I hate? I don't know. Maybe you don't have taste. Wow! <laughs> wow! You was telling me you hate a book by my favorite author. I don't hate this book. Let's be clear. I am not a fan of this book. I have problems with this book. We'll talk about this book. But I don't hate this book. I'm just saying. Ninety-five percent is actually time- John Green's lowest rated book on Goodreads and pretty much everywhere else. I can um, see why. I like it, but it's definitely not what you expect from... I did text you near the end of the book, oh my god, this book is making me like it and I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. You want a synopsis? Yes. Okay. Colin Singleton is a former child prodigy. He is not present anything. What? 
I didn't even remember his name. And so he said Colin. I was like, who's Colin? Well, it's not as bad as earlier when I texted you. Hey, the book we're filming today is an abundance of Catherine's, right? Because I don't even know where we are right now. All right. what day? We don't know what week it is, guys. Can I start is- over the synopsis? Colin, Colin, who's our main character, because I just remembered that. (laughs) Colin Singleton is a former child prodigy. He is not a present anything. Unless you count being a routine dumpy by girls named Catherine. 19 Catherines have dumped Colin in his life. And now Colin is on a mission to find something in his life to be remembered for. A present something. Mm -hmm. Colin and his best friend Hassan, also a not present anything, embark Mm -hmm. on a road trip that sends them to Gutshot, Tennessee, where the Archduke Franz Ferdinand is said to be in his final resting place. When Colin and Hassan arrive in Gutshot, they meet Lindsay the first, Mm -hmm. her mother Hollis, and a cast of other Deep South characters. As Colin attempts to create a mathematical theorem to explain his dumpy status, he learns more about himself, friendship, and finding peace without purpose. Peace without purpose. Man, that book, man. (laughs) All right, let me just let me just start the questions. Uh, This is John Green's uh, second book that he wrote, but it's the fourth Uh book we've covered on the pod. Um, and this book is also the lowest rated of, of Green's books. So uh, what did you think of it? A light bell. Light bell. It's a light bell. I'm trying to find the book on Audible right now because there's this thing I save from closer to the end. Maybe I'll find it in our texts when I scroll through that. The It, it feels pointless. We're hearing this boy run on and on about all these girlfriends and he's wallowing about how smart he is and it's not fair because once you're a child prodigy you're never this or you know he's Colin's whiny right like he's a main character he's very entitled Mm -hmm. you know and it just feels like he is complaining about first world problems yeah and I know, like, that's kind of point, part of the point of this book. It yep. just, I didn't like him. And I didn't want to like him. And I think that that is a good characterization. I don't think that we're necessarily supposed to like Colin. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we're even supposed to root for him and Lindsay or for him to finish his theorem. I don't know that we're supposed to like him. To be honest with you, this is not my least favorite of John Green's books. My least favorite of his is Paper Towns. Interesting. Um, I think he really threw away the ending in that, and eventually we'll have to cover that book unless he writes more books or comes on the pod. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, Abundance of Catherine's, my issue with it is it's forgettable. Yeah. Like, I don't remember any of this book. Right. Like, which that's going to make for a fun episode. Thank you, Molly. <laughs> yeah. If no, once we start talking about it, it'll yeah. come to mind. But like, if somebody goes, Have you read An Abundance of Catherine's? I'll be like, right. Yeah, but. Uh, I couldn't tell you anything about it. John Green, and I say, you know, what's your favorite John Green book? And they say, An Abundance of the Catherines. I'm always like, I totally forgot that book existed. It's just Mm -hmm. forgettable. Like, Paper Town. I I want to question your sanity if this is your favorite John Green book. What? If this is somebody's favorite John Green book, I have questions. I think that people like it because of the analytical and the math Mm -hmm. and things like that. And yeah. Um, one of the things I, I know you don't have a physical book, but uh, there are a lot of footnotes. Yeah. Which they this. read off. They kind of just read it off when the little like yeah. in there. So the books are written with footnotes because that's something that Colin would have liked. Um, and there's a lot of math. Like there's an appendix that has mm-hmm. all the fancy math in it. And John Green is actually very good friends with a mathematician who's a professor and the theorem that Colin created, it actually works. The slope. Yeah. Or whatever. It, yeah. It legit works. You can plot it and it should predict um, what it's supposed to. But, um, but all of that being said, paper towns, I don't like the way it ended. So that's, what's memorable to me about that. Um, the um, looking for Alaska, that book is like so, sacred feeling yeah there's just an intimacy and i don't know how to put it that book just it stays with you 
Looking for Alaska is like reading someone's private journal. It is. Looking for Alaska is It's deeply personal. And you can tell how much Don Green infused himself in that book. It's one, it's deeply personal. But two, it's it feels like I'm not supposed to be reading it. Yeah. Like, and I think that's probably part of the reason it gets banned so much is because it does feel taboo to read this, but it's taboo in a way that it needs to be read. Like To Kill a Mockingbird. To Killing a Mockingbird, it's uncomfortable. People don't like to read it. It's been banned because. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, talk about the fault in our stars or turtles all the way down. Um, yeah. those stay with you for totally different reasons. Right. They destroy me. Like every right. time I read those books, I'm wrecked. Um, well, Grayson, well, Grayson, I really enjoyed that story. It's too, I haven't authors. read that one though. Huh? Will Grayson, will Grayson, I have not read. No, we'll have, I think that'll probably be our next one. Um, but this one is forgettable. Yeah. So you think so? I think so. It doesn't mean I didn't like it. It's just when I was reading it, uh, I was like, I don't remember most of the stuff happening. And this was only my second time reading this one. I've read right. several of his other ones more than once. It's but just this is a one I, that I reread. It's just the line that hit me hard. I can't even remember without looking it up right now. Mm-hmm. So even though. It had a moment that John got me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't hard enough to scratch the surface. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. For it to matter. Yeah. And maybe it mattered in that moment, but it doesn't matter now. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. You're saying all things I agree with. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> all right. Second question. (laughs) Colin and Hassan appear to have an uneven friendship. What do you think keeps them together? And are they a good pair? Trauma. Hmm? Trauma bonding. What? No, I think part of it is being an outsider. And honestly, I think he's never had anybody Mm -hmm. that has straight up looked him in the face and went, Knock it off. That's boring. Mm-hmm. And I'm raising a tism kid. You're mm-hmm. raising a tism kid. Mm-hmm. You have to be direct. Yeah. That is rule number one. Right. Directness. Yeah. And, and they, they don't, don't get it. And you they know? don't and, define Colin as a uh, spectrum, but he's very much, in my opinion, as a mom of somebody who's mild, has mild autism and, you know, gifted, I think that's what Colin is Um, being a child prodigy. That's going to be how they defined him. That's fine and everything, but his social skills are so lacking. Um, It's because they treated him like an adult his whole life. Yeah. You know, and I, and I'm character. This is a character. I'm guilty of that. I am guilty of that as a parent that is raising an intelligent child. Yeah. And I can openly say this because she has been tested for her intelligence left ills. She, I'm not bragging. It's just facts. Sometimes we do treat her above her maturity level. Mm-hmm. I'm not proud of that. We should be treated like a kid sometimes. Yes. But when you speak to her, it's hard to remember that, right. you know? Yeah. So you'll see. And and they don't, um, you know, I think John Green writes himself in every book he's ever written. Mm-hmm. And in this one, um, I read an interview. It's on his website. Um, so I'll link it below. But it's basically him talking about this book. And somebody, mm-hmm. you know, asks if he was a child prodigy. And he says no, that he wasn't. But he agrees that there's a little bit of Colin, uh, of him and Colin. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I... I think that that's, I can't read a John Green book and not basically think that the main character is him. Even yeah. in The Fault in Our Stars and Turtles all the way down when the main character is a, is, is a female, like it's just John Green in a wig. <laughs> like I could hear like Hassan going boring. Yeah, not interesting. Like I could 100% see John at 12 reading and you hear Hank in the other room going, not interesting. Like Hank just telling him to move on, you know, like it is a million percent their dynamic. 
Yeah. It I is agree. a million percent their dynamic. And I bet you Dollars of Donuts, that's how him and Hank got to that point. You know, side note, um, there is a Vlogbrothers video maybe a year or two ago. It was on Hank's birthday and it was mm-hmm. um, John talking about Hank and how much he loves him and everything. And he says that he often gets asked why his characters are always um, only children. They're all mm-hmm. only children. Um, and he says it's because he could never write a sibling as good as the one he has. And then he cries and it's so beautiful. And I just loved it so much. And I was crying and, you know. I love their dynamic. Yeah. I love their dynamic. Thank it you. is how, I don't even know how far apart in age they are. I don't know, but definitely John had already left for college when Hank was still, well, first of all, John went to a boarding high school, a high school. It was boarding. Okay. So Hank's born in 1980. Mm -hmm. So he's a year older than me. And And I think John is four years older than me. John is 77. I did not know he was 45. Yep. He's four years older than me. I thought he was 42-ish, 43-ish. I didn't think he was that much older. No, and actually when he left home to go to boarding school, I'm pretty sure that Hank was still like in middle school or elementary school. So That makes sense. Um I think I think they've talked about how they became close more as adults than they were as kids. So I mean, my sister and I, Jesse and I got a lot closer as adults than we did kids. Her distance to Japan and like us both being like active duty bonded us like it helped us mend something in our relationship that was yeah a wall you know yeah that makes sense yeah all right colin has dated and been dumped by 19 catherines sort of uh but we learned that this is actually not true uh for one thing catherine the first and catherine the 19th are the same person for another colin actually dumped catherine the third what do you think about this abundance of Catherines? I think the man has slight OCD. That he <laughs> That's needs. why I say spectrum me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there is no way he doesn't, like, you squint and go, mm, he's on spectrum. Because if you're hyper-focused on dating girls with only the same name, yeah. where's your meds, baby? Shake them. Shake and what he, your mama gave you. And they talk, he talks about how that was never, like, his intention. Like, he never intended to keep dating Catherine's. But then when Lindsay, she's pretty, but she's a Lindsay. So, brah, get your shit together. <laughs> it's like it's like that girl that goes, I really like that shirt, but I only wear black. Bitch, do you like the shirt or do you only wear black? <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> what if it's a black shirt? Right. Like, but if you're sitting there telling me you really like this shirt and you want to buy it, but you only wear black, that means you don't like that shirt. (laughs) (laughs) All I'm saying is it's redundant and ridiculous. It's unnecessary. I thought it was an interesting mix how they revealed all of the Catherines because you really do think that it's 19 different Catherines and that Catherine the first was this five minute relationship when he was like nine. I mean, I don't Um, even realize, I don't think I ever really comprehended how old they were. They're in their twenties. No, they just graduated high school. Well, Colin just graduated high school and Lindsay just graduated high school, but. Oh, I thought they were in college. The other Colin who is a year older than Lindsay and Hassan is a year older than them as well. I thought Colin kept talking about sophomore in college. See, I wasn't, it just wasn't clicking. This book does not click. I kept reading it. Like he kept saying he was on summer break from his sophomore year of college. No, he was on summer break between, well, his senior year and freshman year. Interesting. I am not, Good. Awesome. I'm glad I paid attention. So great. Me too. <laughs> really helps with discussion for the pod. <laughs> I listened to this whole book. I really did. I, I, I paid attention. It's just, I, I've been having really bad ADHD this last, like, week, two, three weeks. I'm going to need you to take a gummy before you come on pod next time. <laughs> Dude. I saw um, on my Facebook memories today when you shared with me the write drunk, edit sober. Yeah. I'm going to need you to read high. Sober. Yeah. <laughs> That's hard, dude. I took. 
<laughs> okay, story time, kids. So, a couple weeks ago, last week, the week before last, last week, Liv, I got, we get text chains for cheer. Uh-huh. And last week was last week's last week of sports because the, t- all the teams are done. Everybody loses. No more cheerleading. Sad days, okay. whatever. Moving on. Um, so we can text that. It was like Tuesday. We get a text that cheer was canceled. And I'm like, yes. But I text Matt and I'm like, taking an edible. Both kids are on bus. Don't nobody bother me. And I literally climbed into bed and I had my book right there. And I read the same page three times. And I'm like, I'm going to turn the TV on now. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Great. So it works. But and just doesn't. for all of you people that are wondering why we're so openly talking about drugs. I have my medical card. Molly has a medical <laughs> marijuana card. So I okay. am a ill person. She I is. literally had the body of an 80-year-old. Yes, it's true. I'm sorry, Molly. All right. So do you. Like, your body shit, too. It's not just me. I'm really okay, excited so- with my leg right now. I was walking up the stairs and fell down because my hip caught and the doctors keep telling me that the issue is not my hip, that it's my back. And I'm like, how does I'm walking and the hip ball stops and I fall down? How is that not my hip? I'm going to need Nurse Katie to explain to me anatomy because to me, if my hip locks, then it's my hip. <laughs> right. The, literally, the muscle stopped. Unless you're telling me that all it's the It's not the bending- muscle that stopped. It was the joint. Like, it froze. Like, I could oh. feel it click. And it was like, pfft, I fell over hard pass right hard pass i had did i tell you the other day i dropped a cup a full cup i literally was picking up two cups off the table and i'm like matt was offering to help me and i go no i got it and i literally pick both cups up and i turn away from the table and my right hand literally goes like let go and re-grabbed and the cup just went sailing down and it was like a movie i just went it was like Twilight when Bella's back breaks and she drops the cup of blood. Yeah, and it just goes everywhere. And Matt's like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And I go, it just gave up. And I go, what happened? He goes, I have no idea. And I go, but I'm fine. The doctor says I have nothing wrong with me. Right. <laughs> Perfectly fine. Nothing to see here. With, you know, my hand dropped a cup out of nowhere for no reason. Right. Anyways, John Green, every right. season goes on. Hollis, who is Lindsay's mom, hires Colin and Hassan to conduct interviews with several people around town who are either retired or currently working for the textile factory that they own. Also, the textile factory makes the tampon strings strings for tampons, Uh, which they're burying in the back, which they're burying in the back because they have no storage for. (laughs) Uh, What did you think about the this plot device? And do you have a favorite interview? This reminds me of my small town. Like, mm-hmm. it just, everybody knew me. Like, if, replace tampon factory, tampon string factory for truck stop and replace Hollis for bar Paskins. And you give me a videotape and it would be me going around to the diner and talking about what, like, because we lost our truck stop, right? The truck stop was sold to a major corporation and my mom lost her job. It was a whole thing. But this truck stop was my childhood, right? Mm-hmm. And Hollis just, you know, I kept picturing Kathy Bates as Hollis. <laughs> That's a good one. But I I see Hollis's point and it's brilliant because she's trying to work on something to remind people why the factory's there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and- I mean, they're, they're interviewing people in um, like elderly retirement homes. homes and things like that who are living there free because they're being paid still yeah like the pension is like better than you would get basically anywhere else i just don't feel like i ever got to the point of why we were doing this though oh well the reason is because hollis knows the factory is going under and she wants a record of like how her family actually did help the community Mm. um the sense of pride even though they've probably only got five years left Mm. Yeah. I'm just surprised she didn't sell it or I don't know. It's yeah, just- I think her worry was that if she sold it, people would lose their jobs um, yeah. and, or, you know, whatever. But, like, I just feel like you make textiles and when you when the factory started, they made a, a diff- tons of different types of textiles. But now they only make the strings for tampons. Like, yeah. I feel like 
I feel like you need to diversify a little bit here. Um, well, and as soon as you realize your tampon strings aren't being bought, maybe, maybe see what else we can start being a part right, of. Right. Innovate. And Don't I feel fucking like, drown. I feel like this is one of those examples of where John Green, like, picked, like, something totally obscure that would make boys laugh. Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we talked about um, that he's not great at writing women and mm-hmm. um, looking for Alaska, that, like, he writes what a teenage boy would want. Right. Yeah. Which I guess Lindsay is that too. But um, like the tampon string thing, that that is so obscure that boys would be like. <laughs> right. But I am 95% certain, like my husband, Matthew Biggs, I think he is awkward around women. Uh-huh. And I think if we asked John's wife, I don't know her name, but I bet if you asked him, like, how would you describe John when he meets Amy? new women? I, I bet she'd go, he'd go, oh, he's just awkward. You know what I mean? I think John's awkward around women. And I think he doesn't know how to interact with them. So he doesn't know how to write them. Sarah. 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 Green. That's his wife. Um, She's a violinist. You that? might be right. You might be right. Is that Hank's wife a violinist? Uh, Sarah Your Screen is an artist. They actually moved to Indianapolis because she is a curator for a museum there. Or an art gallery, one of those. Um, Interesting. Anyway, anyway, um, totally off topic. They need to. They need to diversify. They can't just sell tampon strings. And also, I just want to go on record and know I never thought about the fact that tampons and tampon strings would be made at two different companies. That doesn't make sense. Is that a thing? Why? Then they have check. Then they have to be put together in a third company like what and, and, and it just doesn't sound sanitary i'm like the more hands that are touching these tampons the more i'm worried well i'm sure that they're wearing gloves well maybe they're not i don't know i don't know <laughs> anybody know how tampons are made can you fact how tampons are made you know what? i'm gonna find a how's it made video on it <laughs> <laughs> all right um did you have a favorite interview the first one. The I old like guy would go, yeah. I have several uncles like that. The, the like, I can think of guy, so many old. Yeah. The first guy had uh, cancer in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't have, like, a jaw. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought, like, this all time. And <laughs> yeah. It just made me think favorite. of family, you know, just people I love, you know. Yeah. All right. We learned that the factory makes tampon strings and jobs. Um, we also learned that they are going broke. Was this necessary to the plot? Honestly, no. Like, it uh, it had no consequence in the story at all. Mm-hmm. Was it a plot device to get our characters to stay in yeah. shock? In wherever the fuck? Gut shot. Gut, gut shot. shot. To get them to stay in shock, gut shot, yes. But was it, like, necessary for... The fuck? Okay. Was it necessary for... Um, the storyline as overall, no. Yeah. But I don't know how else you get them to stay in gut shot other than like having the car break down. But that just feels too Wong Fu, you know, feels like too Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, you know? That's a great movie. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Oh my gosh. So Patrick Swayze's in that movie, right? Yes. So, and John Lewisamo. Just quick segue. And Wesley Snipes. Just quick segue. This woman was at the library this past week and she was wearing mm-hmm. a shirt, a hoodie that said, I carried a watermelon. And I was like, I just started laughing so loud. And I was like, that is the best shirt. She's like, do you get it? And I was like, yeah, that's a great movie. You know that they're opening that back up, right? Opening what? The back? whole, oh, that is a real resort. in the Oh, yes, I know that. They're opening it up for next year. I thought you were talking about the watermelon. I'm like, who's opening the watermelon? Oh, they finally brought watermelons back. You know, they've been gone since the 80s, so they're finally bringing them back. <laughs> anyway, um, I didn't think this was necessary for the plot either, but I agree no. with you. Like, how else do we get them to stay? There had to be something that drove them to stay. Um, the interviews work because we get to get get to know more about the town. But, like, ultimately, what was the point? Colin isn't there staying is there. No Hassan point. isn't staying there. Um I don't know. Uh, but, like, how disrespectful is it? Are, are we going to talk about the cheating? Mm, yep. Okay. Never mind. I'll shut up. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> uh, Moving on. 
Lindsay reveals that she used to be chubby, unpopular, and a bit emo. Bitch, me too. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Still am. Uh, She bloomed into the cool girl with the quarterback boyfriend or cornerback. They're never really sure. Um, By basically not being herself. Colin, on the other hand, has been identified as something he can no longer be as an adult. Because he's a child prodigy. There's no such thing as an adult prodigy. He's just Colin now. Yes. Both of these new adults are looking for meaning. What did you think of the counterparts of their characters? I like the yin and yang of their balance. Mm Mm-hmm. They both needed the other person in that summer to reflect on how much shit they have and don't have, mm-hmm. right? Her name's Lindsay, right? Lindsay. Lindsay needed to see the outside world from Colin's POV and realize she needs to get the fuck out of Buckshot, of right. Buckshot Gutshot, whatever the fuck this town's name is. I'm going to call it Buckshot. <laughs> Gutshot. Shot of gut. Gut shot. Anyways. And there's a story about that, by the way. Yeah, the old guy get- with the jaw, the yeah, no jaw tells us how it gets the name. They were box and (laughs) that was super cute, by the way. Yeah. Um, Lindsay needed to see what the outside world had, right? Yeah. And the only way she was going to do that is if the outside world came to her. Exactly, and that's what her mom saw in these two boys. Yeah, because there is no way they had saw anybody that looked like Hassan in a long fucking time. Right. I like when they try to pretend to be. Where are they pretending to be from? I don't even remember. France? France. France, And he's mute or something like that. Or he doesn't speak. (laughs) I like that she like just fucking went with it. English. That was it. Colin doesn't speak English. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And he was like doing it with an Italian accent. And they know speak the English. (laughs) They're cousins, even though they're not. (laughs) But okay, my point is he needed to see that life's not that serious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. are real serious things going on in the world, and him focusing on the Catherines mm-hmm. instead of in this math problem, and her realizing that she wants to make a difference in the world, and him realizing that he can make a difference in the world if he stops focusing on this fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. It, it, it they needed that big picture thing. That's I the focus of the story: is those two in their like how they influence oh, yeah. their lives. I think for Lindsay, it's her seeing. There's more out there that mm-hmm. being the big shot at high school in the small ass town, it's not the end. There's more. And for Colin, he needed some perspective. Like you have some white boy privilege and some intelligent white boy privilege too. And you need to shut that down a bit. Kids look at Aunt Molly in the camera. Oh, Our small towns are not where we belong. They're great and beautiful to teach you how to live. They're beautiful for getting you started. But there's a world out there. And anybody that wants you to stay, even though you want to go, they're not trying to get you to stay for you. They're trying to get you to stay for themselves. I don't think everybody is meant to leave their small town. I don't think that's No, I I mean, but... I just don't want anyone to feel like they are stuck in their small town. No, if you feel stuck... Get the fuck out. There's a reason you feel that way, baby. Yeah. If you feel like an outsider, there's a reason you feel that way. If you feel scared, there's a reason you feel that way. Right. Trust that gut, my love. Lindsay didn't have any reason to go anywhere. She had a shit ton of money. She was talented, though. She, that girl yes, was meant... She, she In the town that she grew up in, the thing that you aspired to do was date the quarterback and then go work at the factory. But she, she didn't need did to work at the factory because she owned the factory. But she did it out of spite. I know. The only reason she dated the quarterback was out of spite. That's not love. I know. That's fucking revenge. I know. Solid revenge. I'm here for it, Linz. Don't get it twisted. I am super proud. Aunt Molly loves the evil. However. (laughs) Well, I'm uh, going to skip my – well, no. This one makes more sense. Okay. Uh, TOC, which is the other Colin, Lindsay's boyfriend – and his friends take Colin and Hassan on a wild hog hunt. Is this a southern, southern cliche or is this a good choice to get the characters out of their comfort zones? Okay, both. Mm-hmm. But it was a cliche that worked. Yeah. It was a cliche that worked. It was a cliche Colin, that worked. It was hilarious and funny and 
be a hog hunt or a, a deer take them deer hunting or Anything turkey hunting or de- like whatever it is guns. like sweet home alabama it was what going fishing or something i can't remember i don't remember but, i've seen that but there's before. that tropes used in sweet home alabama i think and mm-hmm. it's just it's, it's definitely it's definitely a cliche, but I, it was funny as hell. Like, it was that, so funny. So it worked. They got all stung by bees and Lindsay like tells him. He's Am like, I allergic to bees? Am I allergic to bees? <laughs> Lindsay tells um, Colin that he's a good friend to Hassan because he hung behind and got stung more. Thanks for tro- making me choke. <laughs> and then burp. <laughs> All right. While in gut shot, Hassan gets his first girlfriend. This is Lindsay's friend. Um, they end up getting, they end up catching her having sex with Lindsay's boyfriend, TOC. Were you surprised by this? Was this, pre- was it predictable? I knew it. As soon as Lindsay told us that, that used her be- Colin was used to date the other mm-hmm. girl and that he's with Hassan now and it's yeah. not a big deal because it doesn't matter. I knew it. I knew it. Yep. I knew it. was it. very predictable. Been, I, as soon as she mentioned that her friend used to date him, I go, they've been fucking the whole time. Yep. It was very predictable. I've kind of found the scene, which got this book banned because of course um i kind of found the scene to be a little disturbing because bullshit flag by the way oh yeah they're fucking on a grave it's so gross and she's fully bare chested like listen if you're gonna do it outside and you need to do it quickly you can't have your clothes all the way off did no one teach them anything you wear a skirt stop (laughs) you wear a skirt stop All I'm saying is if she was missing her shirt, if she was missing her shirt, that wasn't for her. It was for him. I know. I'm dead. I love you. But we're good. Because I know where the story comes from. It's not my story. I swear. I swear is it. I swear. Okay. I thought that's what you were getting into. It was like, ma'am. <laughs> no, I swear. It's not my story. Are you kidding me? You think I really have had sex outside? I don't know. I don't know your personal life. Well, I do know your personal life, actually. You do? <laughs> All I'm off saying pod. is. I cannot tell you this now, but I will tell you off pod the strangest place that Tom and I have had sex. But off pod. Because Katie's gonna be so mad. Well, I'll text oh. in our group chat. It yeah. might be. It might be a little. I, I'll tell you off pod. I can't say it off pod. <laughs> oh, I lost my headphones. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Okay. Next question. Uh, when Colin meets Lindsay, he thinks she is pretty, but she is not named Catherine. <laughs> Lindsay is also dating Toc, which is the other Colin. Were you surprised that they end up dating at the end of the book? No. <laughs> Me either. No. <laughs> I mean, wasn't the, the whole point of this whole fucking book was that for him to meet a new girl so that he could move on? Mm-hmm. I think that every single one of John Green's books have some sort of romance in them. Let me think. John Green for romance. I think all of them do. It's just devastating romance because it's a dick. <gasps> it is. He's not a dick. You call him that, he won't come on the pod. John, if I call you a dick, will you come on the pod? I Maybe. doubt it. <laughs> Hank would. Hank would definitely come on the pod if somebody called him a dick. Well, we've already <laughs> covered Hank's book. He needs to write more. We can only cover the second book. We can only cover the sequel. That's all we can do at this point. Hmm. Um. So I want to talk a little bit about the cave, and I don't really have a question about this, but um, Lindsay has this cave, and it's her a special secret, secret place. And it's really only big enough for her and Colin to sit in. There's no light. Um, it's, I was really scared somebody was going to die. I was like, like, I really, that, that, like, it was just, it felt like she was describing a, a crawl space. Mm-hmm. Like, in those things, colla- like, yeah. I was an outdoor kid, you yeah. know? And... I just want to know how in the middle of country Tennessee, there's not animals living in there. There would 100% be critters of all it's kinds. Just, it's just 
that that as a mom, I'm like, you're gonna be a stone sandwich one day, you know, baby. But yeah. like, like let's not go in there. Is. Her mom doesn't like know she's there. Nobody knows where she is, and if she gets crushed by that little mountain, nobody's gonna be able to find her for it via signal. Yeah. Like she's just dead in the mountains forever. Yeah. And that's how people go missing. <clears throat> Have you read The Lovely Bones? A long time ago. Well, when that, it first came out. That's part of The Lovely Bones. Right. The movie for that adaptation is terrible, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one. And Stanley Tucci's in it. And it's all. It's one of the worst adaptations. I hated it. Worst. Anyway. Um, anyway. So the cave. This is where they have I, their first kiss. They have their first like moment where it's like. Mm, well, maybe okay. Kiss. The cave was cute because it was special. Mm-hmm. And we knew instantly that Colin was special because she introduced him to it. Well, and not even the other Colin had seen it. Because she didn't like him. Let's not lie. She, she never doesn't. liked the other Colin. No. She, liked she was doing what she Colin. thought she was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know? It's a challenge, right? If I get the mm-hmm. quarterback, I win. I knew girls I like mean, that. I mean, I could have been that girl. I was like this close to becoming that girl. (laughs) Huh? I could not have. (laughs) I was this close to becoming that girl. I could have. I could have. Molly could have went real evil in high school and she didn't. A lot of girls should be lucky I didn't decide to be slutty my senior year. That's all I'm going to say. All right. I would ruin, like, going back and, like, thinking about the consequences and, like, fucking around in high school like that as long as i was safe honestly it might have been fun just to ruin some people's lives sometimes when you say stuff like this it makes me like question and reevaluate our friendship (laughs) and also i know i wouldn't or my husband this week and i will kill you just so you know (laughs) look at me look at me now I never did that because I don't have the energy and I'm lazy. <laughs> Bitch, you know how lazy you I am. Have reasons, I guess. <laughs> I would never ruin your life. I love you too much. Yeah. Okay. Plus, your husband annoys the shit out of me. He knows that. <laughs> and I annoy the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I told you that the one time we had the conversation about who our hottest friends were, you were on his list of hottest friends. It's because I look just like you. That's exactly why you were the... <laughs> he said Molly, because she looks just like you. <laughs> That's the only valid reason. It's because I'm your sister, practically. Practically, yes, it's true. All right. The ending of this story is left open. We know Colin and Hassan will be starting college in Chicago, and Lindsay does not have plans to leave Gutshot. Maybe they're not in Chicago. Maybe it's... Indianapolis. I don't know. What I don't know wherever he's fucking from. Yeah. Wherever. Do Colin and Lindsay have long-term status? No, he's already mapped it out. He's not dumb. They survived the map out, though. She sent that letter to him that was like, I'm breaking up with you. No, just really, we're going to lunch or something. No, he's neurotic. He's like neurotic and OCD, and he's going to create a new one, or he's going he's gonna to fuck this up mm-hmm. because he's Colin. I actually think that they may have a chance um, because I think that they make a good foil for each other. They're good that's very game. true. They, there is very ba- There is a lot of balance there. That's yeah. for sure. And so I think that they might. They might. might make it. I I want them to make it. Yeah, but they're young. They're kids. Yeah, they're kids. And you John know, Green will never tell us because he's very adamant about when the book is over, the book is over. And I'm like, and so is Chessie, I'm sure. I'm not okay with that answer. I know. That's all the questions that I had. Did you have anything you wanted to add? You want to know my what was reading? the point, John? John, what's the he point? He had a book deal and he had to write another book. <laughs> Valid. I accept that answer. I don't know. I actually liked it. So I don't, I don't know. This is a short story to me though. This could have been a short story. This it's could have been in his long. book of short stories. No, it just, it feels like it, it, he could have pared this down and put it in a book full of short stories. He has a book of short stories. Let's do another one. Um. Okay. Hang on. I'm hanging. 
I'm trying to pull up my Goodreads. All right. So I gave it five stars. Of course you did. Of course I did. John Green every season until he's on. Um, but I think it actually might be four and a half. So I'm actually looking at the specific thing. Nope. I gave it five. <laughs> Solid. There was one line here. Let me see if I can pull it up. There was one line that really got me that I was really upset about. It was mm-hmm. in chapter 14. Let me see if I can pull it up on my audiobook. I um, posted for any of you that are following me on uh, Goodreads, I went ahead and posted my notes on this book um, from the Kindle edition that was the first edition that I read. I own a Kindle and physical edition. So if you are looking for um, notes on the book that I took, uh, you can visit my um, Goodreads. And uh, you can find um, the notes I took, basically. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I figured it out. Okay, hold on. Above. You got it? Yes. Chapter 14. I am whatever I need to be to be above the ground and below the radar. Yeah, you texted that to me. Uh-huh. The fact that a child with money, mm-hmm. security, safety felt yep. that way. Yeah. And I felt that. Mm-hmm. I feel that. She's doing enough to be above the ground but below the radar. What the fuck happened to you, man? That is a deep fucking line for a child. Yeah. This is the one that got me. <clears throat> if people could see me the way I see myself, if they could live in my memories, would anyone love me? That shit hurts. Mm -hmm. That shit fucking hurts because it's real and it hits you right in the stones, man. Mm -hmm. It just like knocks you out. Yeah, I did have a few highlights in my book on this read. And one of them was at the beginning, actually page 105. You can love someone so much, he thought, but you can never love people as much as you can miss them. That one? (sighs) (sighs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does that to us. You know, every that. once in a while, John will be like fucking around and it'll be all funny. And then the next thing you know, he's like, boom, truth bomb. Here, you want to break your heart a little bit? Here, cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really funny scene. Here, boom. Yeah, yeah, you're heartbroken now. You like yeah. that? Fuck you, John Green, man. Fuck you. <laughs> but John Green every season until he's on. Oh, John Green every season until <laughs> he's, he's on. on. So. I ain't got shit else. You want to talk about next week's books? Sure. So this was our first March book, our second March book, which will feature a guest host, Hillary in Ireland. We are reading, oh my God, what a complete Ashling. And um, this is by Emmer McLeisbach and Sarah Breen. I'm sure I'm saying their names wrong and I'm really sorry. I 100% am not going to try attempting their names. But um, this book is set in Ireland. It's written from an Irish girl's POV and the authors are Irish and we'll be covering that one next week. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we are wrapping out this month because we are taking a week off. The last week of March, we are not having an episode. No, Um, don't bother us. Don't call, don't text. We're not here. Yes, go ahead and message us though. Okay. We do like to interact with. We are no, going to have back our friend and honorary book bestie, author no. Francesca Zappia. She's going to come back and talk about her newest book, Grandma's Fair, which comes out this month. You can pre-order it now. Um, she does have some pre-orders on her website that are listed that you can actually get an autograph. You know, she always copy. does the fun stickers. She does fun stickers, and she does the, autograph the, the, copies. The signature plates. Yeah, we have her autograph in our copies. Because she loves us, fuckers. Look at that. Um, it says my name. It says I know mine does cool. too. And then it says from mine your honorary too. book bestie. Mine does Francesca too. Zappia. I know. It's amazing. Um, so when you talked about this book, Ramus Fair, um, this is her newest book. Comes out this month. Pre-order it now. Um, we'll post her website below so you can get it. Um, and, and I'm gonna put. Sorry. Nope. And then we're taking the last week of the month off. We're going to take just a week off to regroup. And then we'll be back in April and check social media. And we'll release the April titles probably about halfway through this month. 
And if you are a fan of ours and in the DMV area, we will be at the Annapolis Book Festival on April 29th. April 29th, I believe, is the date. Um, If you want to come see us in person, April 29th. We will be wandering around. And uh, Editor Tom's going to be there. Nurse Katie, you're going to be able to find us all. You can't miss us. We're going to be there. We're going to be doing some interviews, but we also are going to be walking around with possibly some stickers and flyers. Stickers. Definitely flyers. Once April. Um, We're going to let you know, but we are going to be there. And there's going to be so many cool authors. So many cool authors. So many cool officers. And the con is free. This is a free book festival. So come... Yeah. This is put on by the Key School mm-hmm. at their beautiful, beautiful campus. Mm-hmm. They're going to have face painting. They'll have food trucks, which food trucks you're going to have to pay for. You have to pay for that. There, there is a tea party thing that they do in one of the other buildings that I think is like a pre-order thing that'll be on the website, I think she said. Yeah, we'll so put the website below. We'll put the website down below. But there is so much going mm-hmm. on at this place. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be several different halls. And the big main hall it is first come, first serve, folks. Once that main hall is full, it is full. And they're having some excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And I saw the speaking spaces. Babes, if you want to see these authors, you need to get their bright and bushy tail. Yeah. Bright and bushy gonna tail. It's going to be fantastic. They have some amazing authors coming. And, and we it's going to be really beautiful. To be it is right on the water in Annapolis. Medium. Yeah. Like the, the beach is like. A throw stone's throw away. Yeah, I mean this is. They have a soccer field. No, you need to hear this. Their soccer field for their kids' sports, their high school sports. You can fucking see the beach and the water. Wow. Molly, it is like censor her language when we're there as well. Yes, it is like every every high school in a '90s rom com. Nice. I can't wait to see it. It's so goddamn gorgeous. She was like, hey, we're, we need a new librarian. Would you want to come work for us? And I go, I don't have my master's in library science. That's me. The, her kids went to school there for free. Entering till exiting as a teacher. Do they really need a librarian? Because We'll talk about this <laughs> off pod. Because I don't mind you living closer. <laughs> All right, Tom, I think that's Maryland. Every- I think that's everything. Um, we'll see you next week. Uh, I guess on socials, and we'll we love see you, you, fuckers. Bye, bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was An Abundance of Catherines by John Green. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or visit our website, bookbestiespodcast.com. Until next time, besties, get lost in your favorite book.